0: Everyone still looks uncomfortable. Perhaps it all remembered that old saying, our hours,
1: And welcome to Second Officer Slog, episode 60! I'm your Captain, and with me is my regular number one, Jackson. What up? Shut up, Siri! Siri also here, being a pain in the ass. I'm taking my watch off.
2: Uh, we could just remember to mute Siri when we record. But this was- is
1: this is where we remember Data has an off switch in his ass, and I flip it.
2: It's in his neck?
1: No, it's it's in the base of his spine. What are you talking about?
2: Uh, I was talking about his emotion chip. Yeah, I was talking about his off switch in his ass. I don't remember hit the off switch in his ass because I haven't oh had TNG in a while. Mm.
1: It's it's like it's like at the base of his like spine. Like right at his lower back.
2: Um, you just gotta <laughs> So it's like so it's like right at the it's actually it's actually funnier than being like directly on his ass. It's like right at the peak, right where the yeah. spine be Okay. Yeah. Right on his tailbone. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, I'm gonna turn uh, turn data off by st- what a ridiculous show? TNG rules. Anyway, hello. Hi, we're here. It's Star
1: Trek time. It's Star Trek time. We come to you maybe on the cusp of outliving modern Star Trek.
2: It's 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 about to die. It's collapsing in on <laughs> itself. In, in the they time got rid of
1: Prodigy in the middle of season two production, it's like what the fuck you doing, guys?
2: Yeah. They, uh. But then, I said this in the Discord, but, like, there's a world in which Prodigy becomes more safe than the rest of Star Trek. If they find the oh, right home. Oh, you mean when someone it. pays for it? Yes. Because if they find the right home and, like, oh, we've got Star Trek Prodigy, that's fine. But then when Paramount Plus uh, shuts down everything in, like, six months, uh, they're the only ones to be spared. Um, yeah. All depends on how the next uh, few weeks go for, for them shopping the show around. Who can say? But, like, yeah. they they canceled Discovery as well. Uh, like, they. the Yes. They, in a way, that's was very much like, oh, they're extremely going around the fucking streaming rules here. Because they were clearly building up for another season. And then there was a news coming in that was like, uh, we're actually reshooting the end of the season to be a series finale. And also, so un- very suspiciously, we will we'll be doing um, Starfield Academy, which is the same show in the same era with a slightly different like focus. Uh, yeah, no one
1: gets raises. No one gets raises. No
2: one gets raises. You're all fucked. Um, and- which is a shame. Not that I was watching Discovery, but it does seem like the ratings on the. Did wall. you see the fucking
1: thing where Picard, where Patrick Stewart was like, "I'd love to do a Picard movie. I think I have one more good story left in me."
2: It was like, "No, old man, go home." They've he's given his retirement like been he's given his retirement gift by Paramount so many times. Fuck off! <laughs> You're done with this shit. You're not allowed anymore. Picard TNG movie, it stupid. Be stupid. I can't believe Patrick Stewart through sheer
1: love of the character of Jean-Luc Picard but in the wrong way is like trying to outlap Shatner in terms of guys I don't want to ever see again that he already
2: has if Shatner showed up (laughs) if you were watching Strange New Worlds
1: and, and, Shad- and Shatner's a, a dirtbag, but I'd pop for Shatner,
2: absolutely. He's absolutely a dirtbag, but if, fucking sh- if if Picard showed up in Strange New World for whatever holodeck time... I oh, know, I'd be whatever.
1: booing, I'd be You'd, throwing shit at right. my TV, absolutely. <laughs> but if Shatner showed up for whatever oh, machinations... If Shatner had to
2: interact with the new Kirk, oh my god, oh my oh, god, fuck. they should do that. <laughs> yeah, just do some bullshit, I don't know, whatever, alternate, you, you make it up, you're the writers, go nuts, I don't care. Yeah. They should have had him uh, show up. In uh, Discovery or whatever, he he keeps being like, "Hey, can you bring me back?" I'm like 94. <laughs> they keep refusing. Yeah. Um, who are the Who are the actors that you would cheer slash boo for? Because I'm like, okay, so basically the entire Enterprise cast you're cheering. Yeah, I mean, T'Pol is number one with a bullet. T'Pol number one, obviously. Yeah, um,
1: Phlox number two. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Future Man number three.
2: <laughs> yeah. Archer number four.
1: <laughs> Archer number four, yeah. And uh, then uh, uh, Malcolm Reed number five, and that's probably it.
2: But even, I mean, not that anyone is true. I'm just saying that there is not a character or actor in Enterprise that, like, you would feel like, oh, I can't believe it's them in the way that you would if, like, half of TNG showed up at this point because of how Picard went. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's fair.
1: I mean, when uh, when Jacoté shows up in Prodigy, I'm like, eh. <laughs>
2: It's not. It's not even his fault. He was annoyed the whole time doing
1: it. Yeah, no. <laughs> yes. The part where uh, he he is also as annoyed about Yakuta as I am is the only saving grace there.
2: Definitely more. He had to be Jakote for fucking seven yeah. years, and he hated it constantly. <laughs>
1: I'm just saying, get fucking Neelix in
2: the booth. Let, let's go. I, yeah. I mean, is Neelix in season three of Lower Decks? I'd be honestly shocked if no, they don't bring it. Ne- no. How do they not get Neelix in there? He seems perfect for their level of stuff.
1: They uh, there are some cameos in season three, but they're all DS nine. I
2: think I know that there's DS nine stuff in season three because I I guess we can like gracefully transition into the thing of this podcast, which is that we watched uh, season two of Lower Decks as the thing we're covering. Uh, Yeah. And um, fantastic time Lower Decks, best Star Trek show since nine. Yeah. So season season two aired in twenty
1: twenty one, from August to October. I watched it at the time, and I rewatched it for this. Uh, it is it is mostly about the continuing struggle with the pac leds as an overarching thread.
2: <laughs> the fucking pac leds as the <laughs> like a season defining Star Trek race. It's so funny.
1: Um Yeah. I'm like a little I I think the Pac stuff is like I think, I just don't love it. I I'm, I'm wish they would do less of it. Um I'm pretty sure the Pacled stuff wraps
2: up next season pretty I mean, there's a big cliffhanger. It's going to clearly end in the pilot episode of the season.
1: Yeah. Um, Uh, My problem is, um, I just think the joke about all this whole race of people are just dumb guys uh, has its place. And like, there's the episode where they go and try to negotiate, and the pack leads are arguing over who has the biggest helmet, and there's like the spy on board. And I think that's mostly pretty good. But most of the rest of the time, I'm like, this feels a little mean spirited about like, you know, jokes about people with mental impairment
2: right Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, i've generally taken it the way of like there's an honesty to lower decks that it understands star trek is a show about making a funny looking alien and giving them a a trait yes like like a racial trait yes and it's like not necessarily super critical of that but i do think it is self-aware of about that in a way that like star trek sometimes can fall in its face by not realizing that's what it is uh As like a foundational idea
1: my favorite episode of this season is episode nine, uh, yes. Wedge Douge, which is lower decks of all of the Federation races. There's like a Klingon one, there's a Vulcan one, there's a Pac-Led one, um, and it's just fucking perfect
2: about this. Yes, this this one is a highlight for me as well. It's <laughs> genuinely really good. Like the Vulcan plot's good, the Klingon plot's good. <laughs> yeah, it just goes into the ideas of like, what does it mean to have all these uh, like. Um, races that we have in our show that all have kind of one characteristic we still have to function as societies yes um i just think it's a good good head and shoulders about that stuff that was a great episode yeah
1: the klingon one just great just a great klingon episode like straight up yeah he
2: kills that shitty captain
1: yeah there aren't even that many like it's just like a klingon episode like it's, same thing
2: happened when Riker was on a klingon ship basically i mean the last few episodes of this season, are just. They've given up writing jokes. They haven't given up writing jokes. The show is still funny. It still has good character moments. But uh, they're just, like, making fucking Star Trek. (laughs) Yes. They're not making the parody version of Star Trek. They're just making Star Trek. The series ends on a bit where there's a space mystery, and the solution is to, like, remove the hull from the ship so we can go in without getting magnetized. And I was popping so hard.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you gotta go go save Sonia Gomez.
2: That's just real-ass Star Trek.
1: Yeah. Uh, She was a great cameo to get
2: um they're really the good Jews at getting out they're really good at getting the right level of mid-tier guy for their cameos oh you
1: mean you mean tom paris i mean <laughs> fucking tom paris he
2: starts talking to the
1: plate yeah uh tom paris is being like a c-tier mall opening style federation celebrity is perfect i love it so much uh yes um so
2: yeah uh guess we should go in order uh william boimler Right, the show begins with a small arc about the Titan, because that's how we ended last season, with uh, Boimler going to the the Titan. And the way they get out of this is he gets uh, Thomas Reichard. Uh, yes. And so we follow the Boimler that goes back to uh, Lower Decks, but there is a clone Boimler uh, on the Titan, remaining with Riker being best friends. Uh, yeah. And that's beautiful. What a great joke.
1: Yes. <laughs> uh, just the one who succeeded the bit where they both are like ah oh, we're gonna both i like uh i'm a spartacus uh volunteer to go back to the cerritos and only one of them steps forward but also oh.
2: the the way they uh, like edit it there's like a there's a very intentional cut in how they edit it in that like they kn- they've watched the episode where o'brien's teleporter clone dies and they know it's really funny when you like lose the continuity of who's the real one yes uh and, like, you can argue both in the real, which is the tr- this is the thing that most Star Trek fans come to when they argue about this, is they're both equally yeah. the character. Um, yeah, there's...
1: I'm not sure the Boimlers know which version of them made it back to the street house.
2: <laughs> right, yeah. Um, and that's, like, just, like, very good. This is good and honest. I was like, yeah, damn, this is clearly written by Star Trek nerds who've been arguing about this stuff forever. Yeah. Uh, and I, I... Their vision of Rike is really funny, because I, like... It doesn't shake out to what I think of when I think about Riker, but I do like it in the show. Um, yeah. You were like, it, I mean, is, he, is, he, is, he, is a, he is a
1: punchline captain, right? And his whole yes. thing is he's like the cool jazz captain who's still everyone else retired, but he's still living the TNG dream of like going on adventures and doing cool shit every week.
2: The, the gags where they cut back to like the, the bridge of the titan and Boim was screaming the entire time because they <laughs> keep getting into like galaxy shattering conflicts is very funny that's great yes. every time beautiful
0: yeah
1: absolutely um, yeah that's all very fun we got a new security chief uh, Kayshawn joins yes and then Shax comes back <laughs>
2: Shax comes back because, you know, his contract's renewed and there's a whole bunch of jokes about Bridge Officers coming bridge back. Bridge officers just sometimes come back. Uh and that's great because I Shax is a great presence. What a great character. Yes. So I'm glad they brought Shax yes. back. Um even if they do it in like a like that's the most explicitly like Star Trek-y parody stuff, like Galaxy Quest stuff they mm-hmm. do in the season, I would say. Um even if, like, generally the show's drifting more towards just, we're just doing Star Trek now.
1: I like the amount that he still is, like, best buds with Rutherford, even though Rutherford decided not to join security, when <laughs> Rutherford was like, where do I belong? And Shaq's just taken Rutherford under his wing. Um, the bit where they're, like, in the pottery class, and they're just, like, best buds, I love it. I think it's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> that so
2: funny! Uh, yeah, God, the... They like, after the first season, where I think one of the things we were saying is like, they really drilled down onto like every episode, you're going to have the Rutherford and Tendy plot and a uh, Mariner and Boima plot. To so the point like, where there's there's a whole episode about how Mariner and Tendy go, hey, we've never hung out, just the two of us. Yeah. They start expanding the like, <laughs> the, they're confident in the cast. They know the dynamics now, so they can like switch mm. up uh, who's doing what in the plots at the, uh, in this point a bit more. Um, that's still generally like where the main pairings are in uh the like framework of the show but they definitely go a bit more i mean this
1: is a show about mariner and boimler right yes
2: and their stupid relationship (laughs) yes um but it's they're
1: they're the kirk and spock of a
2: new era (laughs) they they go to a bar that kirk and spock went to when they couldn't get into the shitty fucking starfleet party it's great yes yeah Uh, i find it delightful how much i'm appreciating all the like wanky callbacks um because <laughs> i i you know i look at Picard and i'm like shut up oh it's the thing he did yes i know go away oh we the thing is Q-Back. this is like the
1: thing about picard is that it's the same people doing a like you know a fucking uh nostalgia tour this is people who watch star trek on netflix and just love star trek talking about star trek yes right i think i really think that is like fundamentally the difference that makes it transformative um and it uh, certainly like there's a bit where Boimler Boimler's like, ah, oh, Tom Paris, he's from Voy. And everyone's like, Voy, why do you call it Voy? He's like, I just think it's faster than Voyager. And there's a bit where Mariner says Void, she's like, oh, it is faster. Um
2: God, yes.
1: Like Boimler just being the person who speaks in fandom internet like abbreviations is very funny to me. I mean, he did in season one, but I like to see that bit like
2: carried forward as like a plot beat about who Boimler is. There's another incredible gag like that when um uh, Tendy gets her promotion to like be a science officer rather than a medical like intern. <laughs> oh, right! I like, oh, I like like to see a Dax, and then the um, uh, doctor's like, a, yeah, She's yeah. like,
1: who's who should see a Dax? I mean, like Spock.
2: <laughs> I was like, that's, that's a great gag. <laughs> so true. Sometimes that is how it is. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, had a fantastic time with the season. What what delightful television! I would just uh, you know. As long as they'll keep making them, which, again, we don't know how long that's going to be. Um, yeah.
1: I will keep watching I mean, them. They, they've got a season five coming, right? Yes. They're in production for... Because, like, season four is the one that's not out yet, right? Yes. Yeah. And then they've already ordered a fifth season,
2: so... But they had ordered season two of Prodigy. They're halfway through production when that got canned, so that's anything true. can that's happen true. at any point.
1: Hey, you know what? I bet this show is way cheaper than Star Trek Prodigy.
2: <laughs> You're probably right, but... Uh, this show looks pretty fucking good. Like, I feel like the um, they really anytime they can break out of just doing the static characters standing around in the like style, they do. Mm-hmm. I feel like it gets a little uh, visually invented. Like the last episode with the stuff going on with the ship and the models, and they have to make an entire like bear model for the Cerritos. Uh, yeah, and there's a whole stuff going on. It's a lot of new. Ba- this show, I think, as like this kind of animation goes, is clearly pretty expensive. Um yeah. putting a lot And into the people were
1: people who are animating it want it to look good, right? Yes. Within the framework of how it's designed.
2: It it looks really good because I remember when it was announced I was like, oh, no, it's just, it's all adult animation have to look like this. Mm-hmm. Um and there's still a bit of that like uh, if I was choosing to design this guy from scratch, I wouldn't necessarily give it this art style, but I think within that mm-hmm. framework it uh the, it does really well. Um, yeah. I like the action scenes. I think it moves really strong. Uh, mm-hmm. and the pacing's excellent.
1: Yeah. Um I, uh, I really like that Boimler has, um, grown as a character where I feel like he was, he's still the butt of jokes. He's a comedic, he's a clown, right? He's the clown of the show, but he's, he's the show Recognizes that it's more interesting when he's like really competent and he's just too much of a nerd for anyone to
2: stand uh do you mean like the incredible bit where he's the only one to pass the rigged holodeck test where he where he fucking does the borg test so much that
1: he's getting 100 percent, saving every bork and every borg baby and beat the borg queen at chess and taught the Borg compassion yes <laughs> it's so funny I mean, I mean the bit where he we run circles around mariner to plug jeffrey combs into the computer but like make it a feint to make it think that he's willing to make the evil ai control the computer uh over mariner's objections i think that episode's fucking good
2: that episode is is good um because first of all jeffrey combs as a ridiculous evil uh Star Trek computer <laughs> he's very funny as that character yes um and then like the i i was kind of like taken aback by how the um not taken aback but like the, the character tension that was real like becky really did actually get him reassigned that's a fucking asshole thing to yes. do
0: yes it that's really a is shitty
2: thing to do um yeah and I just feel like now that, like, the show's found itself, they are willing to dig into the conflicts of these characters a little more, because they, they have the surface-level conflicts that they go through most weeks, right? Like, Beckett is standoffish, uh, and shitty to everyone, but she secretly likes them, uh, and yes. Boimler is super earnest and a nerd and kind of a fuck-up, but he's got it where it counts. Like, they, they go through the arcs, and it's not like it's stopped being the stock thing it is, um, which is mostly to its benefit. I think it's like a intentionally episodic show, you know, like yeah. Star Trek, <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, but they definitely dig down further into like these characters can have some real arguments about each other.
1: Yeah, uh, we have to talk about the most Star Trek Enterprise episode of the season, uh, which is uh, Billups's Renfair that's so true. Queen Mother, that's <laughs> who so really wants him to fuck. Fucking true. <laughs> uh,
2: that's really fun. The it's so good. Yeah, so <laughs> Billups comes from like he's the son of the queen of this ridiculous. Spacefaring people who just are like fantasy creatures or like fantasy characters in a book. Yeah, they're just—they were just like fancy
1: nerds who settled the planet hundreds of years ago, and now they have a Renaissance-style society where the engines are warp engines, but like, ah, the the dragon's breath is (laughs) no longer firing.
2: Yes, it is made explicitly clear that they're basically just people, and this entire thing is just like stupid play. Yeah. Um, and they have a tradition of, like, once <laughs> once Billups loses his virginity, he has to become king. So yeah. uh, his evil mother is trying to make him fuck, and therefore he would have to leave Starfleet. Um, yes. And, like, false flags an explosion into thinking that she's dead.
1: <laughs> yes. And then sends her to attendance to uh, coax him with bisexual allure.
2: <laughs> yes. And he's very uncomfortable with all this. I thought that stuff yes. was... Um, uh, really good it's just really funny yeah uh yeah the thing about the thing about that is
1: that uh, billups when we watch that short track about that guy who like sucked right that we yes. really didn't like because it just made fun of that guy a lot of lower um, decks
2: reminds me of that short yeah. Like a, yeah
1: um billups is like a fucking like like weasley virgin guy and everyone loves him he's the hero of the ship people literally cheer when
2: Billups does something in engineering because engineering <laughs> is tight like that <laughs> Uh yeah, I mean I understand the problem with that um show, sure, right? We talked about it at the time is like yeah. it had this like shitty fuck up guy, but in a very like we've made the Reddit cartoon of the guy that gets screenshots and look at how pathetic he is. Yeah. Uh, but all that serves to do is like, yes, it's really good when you own your shitty like employees who are all sucking are yeah. right to judge them. Um which is would be against the entire lower deck ethos of the show. yeah, uh, like it, it 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 very it very like
1: it very put forward the idea that like ah, uh, Star Trek's like the cool show for the right kind of nerd who are like the, the jocks of the nerd world. Uh, yes. And Leverdex is like, nah. like you need one of those guys if he's not an asshole, like, like Ransom's around. He is that guy, uh, but he's among other people who are
2: different kinds of people. That's the thing that's good. Right. I mean, on both sides, right? Like the whole, yes. for neither of those characters are ever uh, like the joke lens isn't like, look at this cool hot guy who fucks or look at this fucking loser virgin <laughs> who's stupid, right? They're just funny characters yes. on the show. Yeah, um, I feel like it treats everyone very plainly about their uh, like situations, mm-hmm. um, in a way that's uh, just good. It's just like what I expect from Star Trek. It feels very in tune with how TNG would treat the stuff. One level up on the silliness, but it's not that different. It's really like, not that different. Dave <laughs> yeah. gets a girlfriend this week. Yep.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, Kesha gets turned into a puppet, which is very cute.
2: does <laughs> get turned to a puppet. Uh, that's, that's incredible. Also, you know, he's doing the fucking Darmok stuff the whole time. because He's one of those aliens. Yes.
1: Which, uh, they do just sparingly enough that it's like, this does not feel like a joke that is like
2: immediately grounded in the dirt. Uh, no, they do it like once or twice every couple episodes with him. Yeah. After, like the first time, the first time it's about like, Hey, he's one of these aliens shows up. It's a little more, but then once he settled into being part of the regular cast, it's just uh, a funny bit they occasionally do yes uh oh fuck they call they call the skin of evil guy <laughs> <laughs> they call the skin of evil guy it's so funny <laughs> they just yell at him for being a loser and i'm like he killed yeah. tasha
1: <laughs> he killed tasha but that he's a fucking oil man on a planet that no one
0: goes to
2: <laughs> it's really fun i went to his uh, memory alpha page and like half the points are like at some point low deck, they make a joke out of him and then they call him <laughs>
0: <laughs> god
2: yeah, uh, Lower Decks
1: is great. That's all. I don't have anything much else to say about it, but I was, I was happy to rewatch it. I wish I had the time to watch season three. I think we're probably going to do that between episodes and not like wait and hold off on it. Yeah, I assume we'll be mention.
2: more caught up by uh, the next, because the next episode will be in December or January, right? So, yeah. Uh, probably be caught up by then. I want to watch season three so I can watch Strange New Worlds. Yeah. Because I know there's a crossover in there somewhere. That's not <clears throat> happened yet. But yes. I know theoretically that's happening. And I yes. will lose my mind when I see live-action Boimler.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Which is a
2: stupid uh, idea.
0: Yeah. That's going to uh, be
1: so fucking weird.
2: It's going to be so weird! Because yeah. he looks like him, but like not that much. <laughs> no. But it'll sound just like him. <laughs> yeah. It, it's going to be bizarre. Yeah. Uh, but I hope, I hope I enjoy it. I, I really... Having seen the shot of it, I do really like those, um, like the like lower deck uniforms made. Yes, yeah, mm. yeah. that's a good uniform. They should just make the hey, just make a live action Star Trek show in the lower deck era. I I know, just ignore Picard; it's fine. <laughs> no one,
1: no one wants to remember Picard. Picard's the universe now. Yeah, uh, just make some. It was, Star it was Trek. all like a dream when Picard was in the Nexus. It didn't actually happen. <laughs> Don't worry about it.
2: <laughs> they, they they mentioned the Nexus a few times in this because they also agree that the Nexus is really funny <laughs> yes um, oh, right they argue
1: whether it's a space ribbon or the Nexus or whatever right there's a yes exchange about what it is yes
2: uh, and then the, the series ends on like an actual serious cliffhanger um,
1: it's really funny because it's a cliffhanger that Strange New Worlds then uses at the end of season 1 <laughs> it is the
2: same cliffhanger it probably won't be uh, resolved in a comic book like I know the Strange New Worlds one was <laughs> Um, I don't know how much it comes up in the show, but I do remember there being a comic book release that was like, "and this will be tying up the cliffhanger." I'm like, "What? Wouldn't that be?" The it is show-? not. It is not. It is not tied up
1: by the se- season two of Stranger Worlds.
2: Okay, so they did. That, that comic, that comic book, as I predicted, was a total lie. Okay, so they were just trying to sell you the comic book. Yes. <laughs> okay, uh, that makes sense. But it is the same twist of you know, um, Pekka's mom gets arrested. Uh, Captain Freeman is arrested for the Pack led conspiracy, and I'm like, "Well, that's not going to stick." A
1: bomb went off on the Packlet planet, and they think she is responsible. I don't think, I think it was those Klingon guys. <laughs> it probably was just the, I don't even remember the answer. I'm
2: pretty sure, I, I believe that the Packlets could just blow up their own planet on accident. That, that seems like a thing they would do. That's true. Um, maybe there were some drones uh, who were manipulating them.
1: Yeah. Uh. Anyway, would you like to go on to our book? Yeah,
2: that was my uh, transition there.
1: Oh, segue, Right, yeah, I guess it was. Sorry, I read the book three weeks ago.
2: Oh, you don't remember the plot of <laughs> Star Trek Prime Directive?
1: Uh, it's not really the thing I like about it that much, but yes. Uh, our book this m- half a year is uh, <laughs> Prime Directive, a novel written by Judith and Garfield Reeve Stevens. It uh, came out September of 1990. Jackson, what happens in this ep- uh, episode in this book?
2: Uh, So, uh, in this book... uh. The uh, Enterprise has been sent to a planet called Taran IV, Talon IV, uh, in which a species is like on the brink of nuclear war, but they can't intervene because of um, uh, the Prime Directive, obviously. Uh, but they don't want them to actually annihilate themselves. So what's going on there? Uh, it ends up going really, really fucking badly. Uh, the war happens anyway, despite a few like uh, secret interventions by Kirk uh, and Starfleet tries to wash his hands of the whole thing. Uh, Kirk resigns. The uh, senior crew of the Enterprise resigns. Um, and Starfleet rolls on like, well, that was a fucking disaster. Let's not talk about that anymore. Uh, everyone feels bad about this and resolves to find their own ways to come to terms with it. Uh and figure out what actually happened and journey back to Talon and see what they can do to help the survivors. Uh, meanwhile, Spock also does this, but on a much grander scale of making a massive brain genius plan that manipulates literally everyone in the Federation to getting there and solving this, <laughs> um, uh, where they go there and they solve it. And they realize that like the first contact team uh, that they were working with knew that this wasn't a situation where the prime directive applies because Talon 4 had been being manipulated by other aliens the whole time that were like provoking the conflict. And that's why every, um, every inter- intervention to like push them back to like not blowing each other up seemed to then immediately backfire. Uh, and they go find those aliens and they're just like drones on the moon that don't have higher thoughts. Uh, and they learn that there wasn't a conspiracy. It was just the occurrences of space. Uh, and there's no satisfying answer. But they will, I guess, try to help uh, the survivors of Talon. The end. That's true. Now, that plot is a little bare bones, because like most of the book is everyone's kind of talking about Starfleet. Yes.
1: Um, well, the first third of the book is all like what everyone did when they washed out of Starfleet. <laughs> Kirk's, like, doing, like, he's basically Man of Steel Superman before he becomes Superman, going around the world, helping, like, doing odd jobs and helping people. Yes. got a, He's even got a shitty beard because uh, they're infamous as people who kill the planet.
2: He's a world killer.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is very silly. Spock decides to go become a legal genius. Uh Uh, The Spock stuff is very silly because everyone's like, "Uh, we don't know what he's doing, but it's Spock. We're just going to trust that he knows what he's doing. Um, Scotty stays on the Enterprise and is trying to fix it because one of the nacelles broke off when they warped out of the orbit of a planet. And he's dealing with the fucking asshole captain who wants to become the new Enterprise captain or like the lieutenant who's angling to be the new guy.
2: Uh, Uh, Yeah, he's having a bad time with all, all of that.
1: Yeah, also trying to prove uh without getting you know thrown in the brig that uh this whole thing was not what it seems to be but you know he's busy trying to fix a ship that's busted um yes <laughs> sulu and Chekov immediately go and joint <laughs> join the Ryan pirates to try to steal the ship to get back to the planet to prove that something was up um in truly the worst considered plan i've ever heard uh yeah they
2: <laughs> i was reading the book I was like man it's like they're really trying to give every character, uh, on um, the Enterprise crew like something, like something's doing an ensemble cast, which is not normally how TOS stories work. Uh, yeah. But then they got to Sulu and Chekhov, and I'm like, fuck it, I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, Chekhov's barely a character, and Sulu's only a character sometimes, but not like enough of one where we're like, especially when it's like not present the Federation future Sulu, right? Yeah, like,
2: all the future Sulu stuff is about becoming like the commander of the Stalcer and like the stuff he does. Uh, yeah. Like tos sulu has nothing to do because all the future developments about like other stuff yeah um so they're just kind of going through having a bad day
1: yeah um and then uh most specifically uh (laughs) um uhura is the one person who refuses to resign so they keep her in prison until they legally have to like dishonorably discharge her because she's not guilty of any crime Uh, She thinks Spock's going to be there to meet her. Spock's busy doing other stuff. And so she meets bearded, run-down McCoy, who's waiting for her. And they decide to pretend to be space pirates, to con their way out into space. And run afoul of Sulu and Chekhov being actual space pirates. (laughs) Yes. Wufei joined the Hitler Youth for real. Yeah. Um, It's so dumb. (laughs) The Orion stuff's really funny. Because it's Orion stuff from 1990. So it's all about, like, oh... these, these are the, you know, some space pirates are fun and it's romantic and everyone loves a space pirate, but these ones are the bad ones. They've got Orion slave girls on board. And I'm like, what you mean the Orion slave girls are secretly the leaders of the Orion society that we haven't talked about? Cause it hasn't been invented yet. Cause it's one of the stupidest things enterprise has ever done.
2: Yes. <laughs> Oh, uh, that comes off on lower decks again. They have to deal with yeah, that. Tendi, Tendi knows. Tendi knows <laughs> that. Yeah, tending Tendi knows. Tendy knows about that. And then, and then Marina's like, what the fuck? And she's like, it's really embarrassing. We don't like to talk about this.
1: <laughs> Which is so true. She's like, why is this, why is this secretly the femtom plan? She's like, no, 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 don't ask me about this. It's really I hate it. I hate talking about it. <laughs> me too. Me too. <laughs> but the it enterprise like backwards ass, uh, you know very turn of the millennial feminism version of that is also embarrassing. Like it's embarrassing, but like the slave girl thing also sucks. There's a whole bit where the captain starts joking that Chekhov and Sulu are like eunuchs because they won't fuck the slave women. And I'm like,
2: yeah, icky, get it out of my star Trek. I just, just, generally don't like Orion showing up in Star Trek. It's a miracle yes. that they're good in lower decks. Just cause Tendi yes. Tendy is like Tendy is very cool. She's just a good character. But like when yes. people are talking about Orion society and the Orion slave stuff, I'm like, stop it. You're not Star Wars. Get out of my sight. When you remember that Gene Ridenberry is a fucking
1: horn dog who's weird about women writing a show in the sixties every time you're like, ugh, not this one.
2: Yeah. Stop it, Gene. He's
1: yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's dead now. He's dead now. We don't have to worry about him um it's it's weird because like so much of this so much of this story uh feels like a the, writing a classic tos adventure but in the shadow of knowing what happens in like the idea of like tng and the movies of tos like these characters are written to their movie forms in a lot of ways yes like this uhura is movie uhura this is not show uhura <laughs> uh yeah because show Uhura was like barely a character yeah. Um this this version of, of Kirk who's like a man who's like compulsively driven to help people whenever someone whenever anyone needs it. I mean that's that's movie Kirk. That's not that's not show Kirk. Uh
2: yeah. Even this like this level of brain genius tactical planning going from Spock is absolutely like post search for Spock uh revived Spock. Yeah. It's weird because like so much of their
1: depiction especially of kirk i think kirk is like really off character in this book in a way that I actually like um mm-hmm. feels like it's backfilling tng's idea of what a starfleet captain is
2: into tos again i mean um, like the book begins with a chapter about like being a starfleet captain is a, like you have to be an extraordinary person not because it's like you have a unique gene or whatever but because the position of starfleet captain is uh inherently contradictory and wrong um, yeah and that's kind of the theme of the book is that, like starfleet fundamentally for their captains need like deeply individual bold leaders who can like make gut decisions and stick to them but they also those people also need to know the rule book follow them uh and psychically being able to intuit what the right thing is to do of their orders even when they can't contact like Starbase. yes um and those two and things also, just don't, don't
1: cohere into a single idea Also, they have to do that by being the person who listens to everyone around them, who is smarter than them about the one thing they do, and synthesize that into an on-the-fly idea that everyone around you will trust is the right thing, even if they didn't sign up for it.
2: Yes. Uh, And it just like understand this as being a completely contradictory position to be in. Um, Yes. Like, the idea of a Starfleet captain is ludicrous uh, and can't work um and just kind like, of run, runs with that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> i could but, do it like I'm kirk different. is good at it right and for his yeah. troubles is uh fired well
1: yeah <laughs> i disgrace. mean this is this is the tos movie thing to me is basically half the tos
2: movies are about captain's most thankless job on the planet <laughs> yeah but this is a little more like Precise about the system because usually in the maybe movies, there's some shitty admirals who don't want to deal with him. And yes. he, he wants yes. to do some stuff, but then the admirals are there and they're like, ugh. Uh, whereas this is much more like, there are no bad people. Working in Starfleet, like uh, there's the guy um, who wants to be captain of the Enterprise. That's a bad guy. Yeah, but that's in one. a Ferris Bueller type way. He doesn't have any power, yes. right? Like he's just a yeah. shitty fucking middle manager guy. Uh, he's
1: got a stupid riding crop that he stole from like a Nosakan or some stupid shit like that. that he yes,
2: <laughs> yes. But like, generally speaking, like it is core to their criticism that there are no good bad people in the Federation because they're like. Th- the thing that happens is that everyone working in this bureaucracy to good intentions produces these, like, weird negative outcomes where it is desirable to, like, cover things up and throw them away. Um, and it just, like, it speaks to a unwillingness on the Federation's part to be an empire. There's, there's like, a running theme in the Reeve Stevens' work, right? It's, yeah. like, the Federation is an empire. They provide for planets. They provide for planets that, like, they have any? They lay claim to planets that they say they're not even going to touch for fifty years, right? That's yes. what an empire does, and then they make some rules, and everyone goes all oh, the morality blah, blah blah blah. Uh, the the <laughs> yeah.
1: idea, the idea that planets are—if they find a like pre warp civilization—that um, is like actively progressing they label and set aside the planets around that planet to be in the trust of like when they make it to the galactic stage they're going to need their satellite planets to go and make colonies on and if we just took all the planets no one would be able to do that step of civilization development so we just hold them in a public trust a land trust for these people when they do join galactic society like this is the most unhinged thing i've ever
2: fucking heard it's, this is the stuff in the book i'm like i love this book uh, yes. i think it all comes together especially like as a plot at the end they kind of give up um, yeah, but uh, when like Spock's talking about this, I'm like, this is this is why I come to the, you guys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's for a vision of like this is what the Federation is. They are like a weird land managing empire that assigns roles for civilizations that haven't don't exist yet. Uh, yeah, and like wrings its hands about the nobility of this. Uh, yeah, the Klingons just fucking take the planets. The Vulcans are like, if they
1: die, they die. Whatever. Like, we're not going to bother either way.
2: <laughs> right, and like the Prime Directive itself. And the way it's like they have, there's a whole prime directive office, right? And this whole thing has to be sent back and forth because the point of the prime directive, like we talk about this a lot in um like our criticism, but this makes it explicit like textually. The point of the prime directive is to be a like, not a individual like touchstone of a thing to do, but a like bureaucratic system to be referred to, uh, to avoid thinking about this. Yeah. Um, and, like, it's at, like the, there is a Prime Directive office, right? There is a, And they are sent out to do these operations. Uh, and they have a different view of the Prime Directive than the Captains do because they, like, engage with it in a different way and want different outcomes for when, like, first contact is made. Um, yes. And that stuff's all really good. Then they get, like, they hang out with the shitty guy who's like, knows more than he leads on. Actually it turns out to be the other guy who's shitty, not him. But he is the asshole in <laughs> the... The part uh, where they, they reveal that there's, like, a intense
1: academic niche for cataloging pre-warp civilizations it's like 800 different like letter and number codes that no one can discern who isn't making that they're like doctorate is very like oh, this is exactly
2: how this would go yes that stuff really like good. yeah we
1: Starfleet has like a, a narrow one we use that's like very simplified but when we need the experts we call on these guys and they ponder for literally people's lifetimes about what code to assign to the civilization it's like rubbing sticks together
2: yeah they talk about the new richter scale Yes. Uh, Which is not about earthquakes, uh, but is like about the civilizational development of a species uh, Mm -hmm. in terms of its progress towards like, you know, once you get your first warp engine, that's when it happens. That's the Star Trek lore. Once you get your warp engine, then you're in. Um, Mm -hmm. And like the core mystery of this book is like they're off from that scale. Uh, They shouldn't be doing the things they're doing at the time they're doing at the places they're doing it. Mm -hmm. Uh, they're, like, making too many leaps towards space without all of the groundwork. And he's like, this proves that they, like, knew about aliens earlier because they wouldn't have thought to do these things if they didn't yeah. know there was something waiting there.
0: Yes.
1: Yeah. Uh, That's what's all very fascinating. It's weird because, like, it really depicts that, like, Starfleet's... Starfleet and the Federation exist in a space where, um, because they are kind of post-scarcity as a people... um. Everyone's just kind of some fucking weird, like, paper pusher academic. And everyone who doesn't like that ends up breaking rocks or being a cargo, you know, they're like doing real jobs out where the Federation isn't. There's a bit where Kirk literally uh, (laughs) literally gets like a fucking gold star for being the best cargo doc guy that they've ever seen. (laughs)
2: Ludicrous idea. I see why um, Shatner picked them to do the Shatnerverse stuff. (laughs)
1: Yes, um, and it's mostly him going. Oh, did I tip my hand too much? That I'm like an exceptional individual. They think I'm just a normal man, but I'm James T. Kirk. I can't let them know. It's really funny. Yeah, I'm saying Kirito and Kirk would get
2: along really well. <laughs> God, it's <God. laughs> Kirk invited to the, uh, you know, the cafe where they all sit and oh, drink. Oh, yeah, the absolutely. Juice bar He's going to hang out. Yeah. yeah elf Kirk is here. <laughs> oh my God perfect beautiful um yeah, no I I really liked a lot of this book. It wasn't like my favorite of the reef Steven stuff. I do think the um like when they have to hook the plot into it, I think it definitely falls down a bit and they just kind of give themselves some escape hooks mm-hmm. uh, like oh, it was all these uh these drones uh but they were like acting on their own instinct and really you can't know the answer. Uh, I mean, I do love
1: when the answer is space is the the answer to the space mystery is sometimes space is a mystery.
2: That is classic Star Trek to me, right? That part is fine, but it's specifically the like introduction of a third party of aliens that resolves the like Federation. That have no like, th-
1: there's no moral guilt assigned yes. to them, right? They didn't they like what they did killed many people, though far less than you would expect for reasons that are very convenient. Um, but. Uh, ultimately, they're not like thinking people. It was not an attack. It just happened.
2: Yeah. No, my, my, I wasn't like having an issue with the space mystery. I love a space mystery that is like unknowable and unsolvable, right? That's mm-hmm. always good. Uh, but like the book was about the ways in which Starfleet's like first contact structure created a bunch of like moral, uh, problems that caused genocide on various planets um, yes and it like d- definitely like let the air out of the bag on that question um but like you can't resolve that question without like ending t- t- starfleet like it's hard it's hard to do See, well, I,
0: I
1: i like the i like the way in which there's a student group who is this is this very idea is put into the mouths of and spock briefly aligns with them but only enough to like get starfleet to like grant him access to the like you know, Federation Congress chamber or whatever. And then he immediately just fucking like changes the message and uses them and leaves them. And they're like the, like the one woman who's helping him, like really like knows he did her dirty and is like, well, I mean, he did advocate us more than
2: anyone else because no one was listening to us, but he did just totally lie to us about what he was doing. Uh, yes, he did lie. He keeps going up to people with me and like, I'm just following the rules and you must give me my speech and I'm a Vulcan and I'm telling the truth to you. Well, there's basically lying more than anyone's ever lied in their life. He's just lying to everyone at all time. And everyone's
1: like, oh, the Vulcans don't lie. And Spock's like, yes, I've heard
0: that.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, this is like full on movies, TNG era, Spock to me, of just like the ridiculous diplomatic chess master which is not really yeah. what he does in tos because he's just the first officer science officer, no, I guess. but this is a man who will go to romulus right yeah, this is the man who will go to romulus yes this is exactly who spock is at this moment which i like i love the you know the vision of uh uh spock and sarik as the most important people in the galaxy yes <laughs> yeah me too <laughs>
1: uh
2: famously an sos charm point yes um
1: yeah, that's true. Um, we briefly get uh, the return of Disco McCoy, my favorite McCoy. Yeah uh, with his fucking beard and civilian. Though you you point out the book does describe that he has six w- weeks growth of beard that is supposedly bad, but I'm truly imagining motion picture full-on coked out disco McCoy.
2: Yes, it was like six weeks of hair that could scarcely be called a beard is the the line, and I noted it specifically because I was like, I I think McCoy's fully I don't think he grows the hair that slowly. He's not me. Yeah. This is fucking yeah. McCoy. He's, he's got he pretends, his beard. Then he
1: pretends to be an evil space pirate in the most cartoonish plot in the entire world.
2: Yes. That stuff is ridiculous. I just got to give everyone something to do f- for a bit between yeah. the like interesting setup and the resolution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he does have an incredible conversation with uh, like a nine-year-old at the start of the book uh, who's like yes. super idealistic about space. <laughs> uh, yes. And that's one of the, my favorite moments to me.
1: Yeah, no, that's fair. And because it's a book from 1990, it's not a fucking character from
2: another Star Trek. <laughs> yes, it's not another Star Trek character. Um, there are so many places where they could have done that, but they couldn't because it was only 1990.
1: And it's like a like TOS is, you know, pre the new the stuff that exists now was very much an island unto itself, right? Yes. Now you could throw in an, oh, an ancient Enterprise character or a you know a discovery character or a lower decks character that isn't in enterprise or are in the original series there's a couple um and they don't do any of that
2: uh yeah uh it just kind of is what it is i mean like it embracing being extremely non-canon like i know that like yes th- these books are always vaguely you know they they have their own continuity eventually after the series but like Kirk did not get fired for a, a, half a year after he killed a world. That did not happen to James This is the thing I
1: like about TOS books in particular is they're very uninterested in that, right? Yes. They are like,
2: yeah, and then they blew up a planet and then time inverted. Anything <laughs> could happen. <laughs> right. Like, I just couldn't see this happening in TNG, but because they would be much more invested in, like, even though this thing didn't happen, it will line up generally with where the character was yeah, at that or time. If, or
1: if it did, it would be part two of a seven-book crossover series.
2: Right, yes, yes, because I know they have a DS9 book that is, uh, like, set in late season six and makes a bunch of um digressions, but is it, like, kind of thought of as its own non-canon event thing? Yeah. Right, and not just, like, here's a book, James T. Kirk killed a billion people. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't, and they actually didn't die. They were fine. Most, Most of them were fine. I would suck to be if, like the ones that actually got got in those nukes <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah for sure uh but I, i'm looking at like the cover on um uh, on memory out beta right now and it is it is very weird looking at because it, it is just you know it is some p- set photos of everyone from tos era and i'm like i wasn't picturing that i w- they were all wearing their red uniforms <laughs> in my mind even though i know that's, oh, that's really true. funny to
1: me because that's that that is not what i would picture for that at all um because they they can't be. They would have to be weird. If anything, it would be the motion picture uniforms, but it's not. It's definitely not yeah,
2: No, no. I'm not saying like I thought it was that late in the timeline. Yeah. Just like when I'm imagining the characters and the way they're acting, my brain pictures, you know, them in the movies. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Because uh, that's just kind of the dynamics going on. Yeah. Uh, I was not imagining young Scotty. I mean, to mm-hmm. be fair, I'm never imagining young Scotty in any situation. No, me either. Me either. <laughs> I'm Scotty's the one who
1: I always think of, yeah, the 80s version of him.
2: Um, yeah. That's just how he is to me, always. Yeah.
1: I will say, whenever they mention Dr. Mbenga now, I think of uh Lower De- or uh Stranger Worlds, Dr. Mbenga.
2: That's because uh he's a major character in that show and, he yes, <laughs>
1: kind and of he's and he's
2: cool. He's very cool. He is fucking cool. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: where i like I don't automatically substitute Uhura, right?
2: No, um, but because Uhura is a major, major character in TS, T- T- yeah. right? Like I think of Uhura. Yeah. Um like I'm not, I'm not thinking of, uh, you know, anyone from the uh, reboot movies. I'm not thinking of Carl Urban when I think of Bones.
1: I am not thinking of Carl Urban when I think of Bones. I am thinking that uh, Bones fucked one of the Dax symbiotes, though. I
2: do think of that every time he comes <laughs> <up>. That's true. <laughs> of all the like random events from reading the books, that's the one that's really stuck with you.
1: Uh, it's just every time I'm like, oh, right, when he was in college, he slept with one of the Daxes. That's weird. It's a weird thing to in your book. <laughs> Why not? Why not, I guess. <laughs> it's what made him want to be a doctor.
2: <laughs> oh, these books are so dumb. Uh, I still always think of um, stuff like that it's you believing for 20 years that uh, Riker definitely. Uh, James wanted-
1: <laughs> T. Kirk, there was the thing about Riker wanting to beat Kirk's record, even yes. though it's not from. Uh,
0: yeah peter david
2: made that one up and handed it to you um are we done because that's a done. good segue speaking of peter, peter david what are we doing next? <laughs> yeah. time?
1: when we come back which will be either december or january who can say we are going to be reading Mzadi 2 the sequel to imzati uh, is it Mzadi 2 triangle because this one's got worth in it so
2: you know exactly when it was written which is right <laughs> after tng ended but before the movies forgot that happened
1: yeah it could be it could be around season six because it's it start it's like season six starts the shipping stuff and then it's like basically made canon at the very end of tng and i'm happy and they forget it ever happened which is fine um there's multiple reasons for that
2: including Worf goes to a different show <laughs> uh triangle mzadi 2 came out uh all right tng ended in uh 94 93 93 i think what was it in 93 well, it's, it's like May 94s, the 93 to 94 okay. season. Uh, so, when does this book come out? TNGN is 94, him with the year.
1: Oh, I have no idea. Um, 95. 98!
2: Oh, wow. We got the Enterprise-E on the cover. Ooh, we, we okay. We got everyone in their Enterprise-E uniforms. Because
1: this means that they know about what happened in most of... A good chunk of DS9, but maybe... Here's I think the it's pre-interaction. Okay, I was like is Worf, but here's my the question is Worf being married to Jedzia part of this. Oh fuck,
2: well that would be um Mzari Square. <laughs> uh I don't actually know. Um I mean it, yeah. it's after that, right? Cuz DS9 ends in 98 I think.
1: Oh okay. So the, this will this will be this will come up.
2: Yeah, cuz like that's season 5, right? When that all goes down, like yeah. that's that, that's Oh, a, you i already know what this book is this is this
1: is this is exactly like imzati this is going to be an enterprise e framing device of a flashback to season six or seven of tng
2: oh you think that's how it's gonna go
1: yeah
2: yeah fair enough uh we'll see i'm ex- i'm sure it's i hope, be I hope this is
1: not mostly about how troy is dead <laughs> which is what imzati one was mostly about <laughs>
2: But, but then they already made uh all thing, things which is also about that and dealt with this exact thing so oh god right that is fuck man do you think Star they're gonna Trek. go to the uh all good things future where riker and wolf both suck because troy is dead <laughs> i really hope not do you think we're gonna have uh riker running around with data's head shooting everyone
1: No, they already did that, but it'd be really good if they did. They could keep that one. I'd be happy with that.
2: That's one of my main memories of a massively stupid thing that happened on this podcast. (laughs) Right, running around the set of an episode of TNG, shooting everyone with Data's
1: head. Wait, wait, here's my question, because I don't remember. Was it Data's head from the past or was it data's head from the future data who was trying to stop riker i think it was data's head from the pre- past right i think it was data's head from the past but the future data was the one he was running away from i think yes 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 because yes, the future data was trying to kill him
2: yes future is trying to get <laughs> so, to preserve the timeline so we can only hope the imzati <laughs> 2 triangle contains but a <laughs> fraction
1: and Please, please note that the Amzadi ends with it turns out that Riker was undoing a thing someone else had already done. And when Future Data, who had tried to kill Riker, the entire book goes, "Why to the Guardian Forever? Why didn't you tell me the time was already corrupted?" The Guardian Forever goes, "You didn't ask." <laughs> <laughs> right, like, this will <laughs> If but I had the Guardian Forever around, I would go up to it every fucking three days and go, "Hey, did anyone fuck with time? Can I fix it?" <laughs> I would say that'd be your one job if you were in charge of the Guardian forever is to ask if someone is fucked with time. Can I fix it?
2: Data wasn't. Was Data um like? Did his programming get overridden? What or do you mean? Did, like when Data was tra- when Future Data was trying to kill Riker, did his programming get overridden, or was it just just the timeline thing that he was like ready to switch? Oh, I got I got to kill Riker now, my best friend. No, no, he it was, it was fully his. I have to stop uh Commodore Riker,
1: from altering the timeline because whatever he might do to save Troy will affect the like the last thirty years of history, and it's not worth it for one woman.
2: Uh, incredible that he didn't realize that like there must have been a Star Trek plot going on. Well, no one asked <laughs> he didn't ask he did he was just at a jump for a hat ready to run through history trying to murder Riker. <laughs> um, and uh, that's why I fondly recognize my memories of Imzati despite it being a bad fucking book. It's a bad fucking book. Uh please note uh this that we
1: I came to Jackson like last week, I was like, hey, you know what next time? And I posted a picture of Mzati 2 and you were
2: like, I was exactly thinking about Amzati 2. <laughs> I had just scrolled past it the other day in some context I can't remember. And I thought uh-huh. like, hmm, maybe maybe I, I didn't go further than just thinking that but then when you sent the image i was like oh i guess it's happening now because i also yeah. thought this it's destiny
1: i don't know what our uh no that's a different star trek crossover we're not reading that oh one.
2: we're never reading Destiny.
0: Uh, <laughs> we, we can't read both
2: gundam and star trek destiny i bet star trek destiny is better than uh gundam Seed destiny
1: oh that's that's probably true but i bet it's not by as much as you'd want um
2: that's where captain entry comes
1: from yeah but isn't that the big borg war one yeah whatever i'm sure there's uh, stupid shit in all these books anyway um we don't know what our backup like our whatever thing we're gonna watch aside for that look for that in the discord or whatever maybe we'll mention on twitter or wherever we're at in december and january um when we figure it out we don't we genuinely don't know it won't be Lord X season three um if we do talk about that it might be on a Voip life um which is a premium podcast you can get for supporting us um if we do that might might make that one cheap for people
2: wish we had a little um id situation that uh sos subscribers get it for free yes (laughs) unfortunately we don't have or require that level of tracking
0: no uh, i don't really care um
2: uh but
1: yeah because you wanted to watch it more sooner than that and i have the blu-ray and i i kind of want to rewatch it because i watched season two and i was like man this is really good but there's a bunch of things that i thought half of this season happened the season after it and i'm really excited to get
2: some <laughs> oh, i don't i don't know like, if they're gonna start like doing status quo changing stuff that'll be interesting um yeah i wouldn't go that far I was <laughs> it's, to, like, it's still, like, lower it's still Dex. Lower Dex.
1: there's just events i mean they have this season ends with two like character shakeups that are like you know you, you can see them happening in season three and they do happen in season three uh
2: right at the, oh, i forgot that in addition to the the um uh captain freeman stuff there's a absolutely insane reveal of what the fuck is going on with rutherford
1: Oh that's not even the one I was yes that that is a big part of season 3
2: cuz he has like a, he's gone to the fucking secret islands where they uh, manipulate your mind and that's why his memory was all wrong but there's like, a brief flashback I don't know I don't know what's going on there yeah. uh, he was I, sitting in the I meant that
1: Gen- I meant that Jennifer the Andorian is now a reasonably important side character and that Vulcan is clearly getting transferred to Cerritos.
2: Oh, yes. No, those two things. I, or, or, yeah, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, the Vulcan getting Sun Transfers the series is great, because I really like that Vulcan in that one episode. So I'm glad she yes. sticks around. Yeah. Um, uh, I, Lodex is surprisingly good about just, like, long-term characters that just show up every so often. I feel like they have yes. a, a deep bench of, like, background guys that they pull from. Yes, uh, Which I guess you can do in animation, right? You just get the voice actor in. Uh, yeah it's less about managing schedules
1: no guy is tapping his foot like you haven't used me in a season
2: and a half <laughs> <laughs> right yes uh so it just means that in most situations whether just a scene whether you have to talk to an engineer right it will be this character that we already know yeah uh, which is good but yeah enjoyed both the book and uh, the show uh feel oh, good yeah, about if,
1: i guess like we didn't really say that much if, if this is one of the better Trek books we've covered straight up yes. you should read this one yeah i don't think it's good as like avenger which i think is maybe my favorite track book we've read one of the best anyway well it's um, doing a similar thing but i just think it's a little stronger in it's a uh, critique oh you mean where you mean where kirk goes the federation is killing the global
2: ecology yeah like with their in, empire in this Spock teams up with the like student activists uh and then it's like oh, i wouldn't go that far uh or whatever <laughs> um but in, in Avenger, uh, Kirk turns to the camera and says, The Federation is doomed. <laughs> and, and it will deserves die to die. So, <laughs> I deserve yes. to die. Uh, and I will shed no tears for it. Is <laughs> yeah. how they ended the Shatnerverse trilogy. Yeah, um, then there's
1: another one, but I haven't read that one. I read the first book, and
2: then I didn't read the others. Yeah, I haven't gone uh, further than that, but that is. No, <laughs> right. you
1: need to watch We were going to do it, but it requires you to finish Voyager because a bunch of Voyager shit in it.
2: The Finish Voyager, oh man. It's the thing you've been asking me to do for literally years, and every time I'm like, oh, Voyager. Voyager's good, you choose it is, Voyager. It is good. It has nothing to do with Voyager, which is a totally watchable television show. It is just watching 100 episodes of a 45-minute Star Trek show. Yeah. In my current life, where I have to do a thing every week for four podcasts. Yeah. But it's fine. That's a pod. That's a pod. Where can people find us? Because we're never God here. God fucking knows. Uh, you can go to... Head falls off on, I guess, Twitter. Uh, yesterday we were recording and we were like, I, Twitter will, you know, it's rate limited and it's dumb, but I'll probably be fine. Uh, and it still might be fine. Who fucking Twitter's knows? been functional for me today, so. Um, but. Yes, but if everyone leaves, then I don't care how functional oh, yes. the website is. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh so who can say what's going on there but you can find me uh, headfalls off on twitter on co-host and uh, technically blue sky but uh, everyone tried to get an invite and they stopped even allowing signups because literally everyone was trying to get in
1: so yeah I think I, I hope that they just kind of adjust some things and by next week are
2: pumping out codes again uh, so. yes um, we'll see how it ends up shaking out but that's where you can find me you can find the podcast we do at com. go listen to those podcasts if you enjoyed this podcast though you can also find me uh, on Anomalous Readings at Export Audio, where I'm doing sci-fi books every month. Uh, it's not quite sci-fi, yeah. but it is a similar enough pod uh, that I strongly recommend it. Man, you want to you read some shit that makes you go, maybe Star Trek isn't that weird about women, actually. <laughs> Classic sci-fi's got your back. <laughs> hey, let me tell you, based on the recent media I've experienced across many forms, uh, Star Trek is not that weird about women. It's weird. Don't get me wrong, but there's so much further you can fall. I I finished like Final Fantasy Sixteen, Seed Destiny, and Hyperion all within like two weeks of each other, <laughs> um, which is just like the wide spectrum of the ways things can be weird about women.
1: Yeah, he's read Book of the New Sun, also weird about women.
2: <laughs> I I do need to now that I am I'm done with uh. This is literally the first time in about three months that I don't immediately in the next week go okay, what's my next project, uh. Like, I've got, you know, I've got to watch Konosuba, kind of uh, but I'm not, like, rolling into the next week thinking, oh, I have to do XXX, because uh, the last two months have both been really fucking busy for us. No, uh, we just have
1: to, we have to watch a movie by Saturday, but that's easy.
2: Yeah, so I'm hoping I can maybe read a book and do some other stuff in my life.
1: Yeah. Um, if you want to find me on Twitter, I am at em underscore being. I'm pretty sure, Coast, actually, let me just look, because I never know. Uh, em dash being and on blue sky it's just em being no dashes or underscores putting underscore name really fucks you over i didn't realize when i did it but now i'm kind of attached to the brand as it were um i am using all three regularly at least today who can say what tomorrow will bring
2: yeah please Um, do not uh listen to anything we say six months from now who knows where the internet will be by then
1: yeah um but those are the three places i'm at i try to not do the same content other than plugs everywhere so uh for the people who are real ones who want to follow me on three different things, I will try to, you will, you have to see plugs three times. Um, and thank you for sharing them. Um, I don't really talk about Star Trek. I'm like, I'm two episodes behind on Stranger Worlds and I'm probably going to be even more behind before I catch up just because my life's weird right now. Um, but, uh, Star Trek's good. I'm never watching Picard. So Star Trek's good. They can't hurt me if I never see it.
2: That's so true. I want to play that, uh, fake Telltale game. Um, yeah, I know people are enjoying it. Yeah. I, I saw more non-terrible. Re- I don't know how like strongly it's going over in general, but I've seen a couple mentions. Seen a couple mentions like, "Oh yeah, it's okay," which is like I expect it to be a fucking disaster. So maybe I don't know. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, if you'd like to support our shows, uh, I understand that this one's a hard sell because we don't do this very often, and we're not going to speed it up or anything. Um, but if you'd like to support our general uh network of products and you know kick us a few dollars to keep the lights on you can go to patreon.com slash mapping for one dollar a month you get great gundam project which is every wednesday we're currently watching gundam igloo which is the cgo about military stuff it's pretty funny i'm having a good time for five dollars you get blockbusters where we talk about big movies we have an episode on the island that's like one of my favorite movies we watch for that show if you want sci-fi stuff we're about to watch quiz show which is not sci-fi um but i'm hoping i like it and for ten dollars you get voip life where we just kind of goof off and talk about some bullshit and have a good laugh about things every two weeks and uh, i think this podcast has a very voip energy most of the time so if you like this um maybe check out voip
2: yeah we just it's kind of shit posting about star trek
1: yeah um star Trek does not come up very often just because we're not in it but we do talk about it when it comes up love star trek um thank you so much for listening uh if you like this uh share it uh don't you know you, i mean rate and review i guess but like we don't do this one put twice a year um go listen to anomalous readings it's really good uh i've been reading hyperion hyperion's really fucking good i like it a lot yeah good um, book yeah um i think of the ones you've covered so far it's it might be my favorite so far i'm not finished though um, um yeah it's up there uh and uh until next time i'll see you
0: out there